You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Courtney Pepper. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. We were in the grocery store. You wanted ice cream, even though it was cold out. You couldn't decide which flavor, and I was teasing you about being so indecisive sometimes. I suggested we just buy every flavor in the store, and you laughed. It was the kind of laugh I could listen to for the rest of my life. You said I was silly, and you kissed me, pressed against me so I could feel how cold the tip of your nose was. You were only in sweats, hair so messy from being in bed all afternoon. And in that moment, I knew I loved you more than anyone else I had ever loved. In that moment, I knew you were my once in a lifetime. And yet all we were doing was looking for ice cream. I think particularly in my poetry books, I've created characters to go alongside the words, I suppose. So it started with the jellyfish and then it's taken on with new characters as as each book has, has come out. But for me, I guess having this character that a reader can relate to either see themselves in or just have this friend. That's important because I think people read poetry in like those really quiet moments, particularly late at night. I mean, I suppose that's why I came up with the title Pillow Thoughts. I know I do a lot of thinking late at night and different things like that. And when you're alone, I suppose, so it's really nice to feel that these books are a friend to the reader when maybe they are feeling alone. I don't know what you were like as a young writer. What was your path to writing? Look, I've had a really interesting path. I mean, I've had a beautiful life. When I was younger, I really struggled with my place in the world, as I I think a lot of young people do. And I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. I, I knew that I loved writing, but I also love animals. So I wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to be a journalist. I wasn't quite sure where I fit. But I do remember when I was younger, I did was it like a creative writing class just after school. And I'll always remember the teacher there. Her name was Jan. And she was very supportive of my writing and always told me that I had very lyrical writing. And so I guess it was born from there. I thought about it and thought maybe this is something that I could do. But then life gets in the way as you're navigating it. And I was actually working in insurance and I just happened to meet a friend there. And I said to him one day, I was like, I want to publish a book and I don't know how, can you help me? And he said, yes. And then we went on this journey of self-publishing first and we really learned what it meant to create a book because I had no idea. Like I didn't have any connections to the publishing world. I didn't go to school for any of that. I was in school for about a year and then I decided I wanted to travel Europe. So I really had no foot in the door. So we started this journey together and then would have been after I'd published my first novel, I got a little impatient. I think we'd read somewhere that a self-published author starts to climb the ladder, so to speak, when they've got about eight, on average, eight books out. So that was the plan to do that. And me being me, I got a little impatient. So I thought, well, I've got all this writing about feelings here. Let's put it in a book and publish that. And I did that. I didn't have any idea how much poetry had taken off in the States, like this contemporary poetry or modern poetry, pop poetry, Insta poetry, whatever. There's a million different terms for it these days, but I really didn't have any idea of the scope of that. And publishing 
pillow thoughts. I guess you could say I, I did it on a whim and I really only put it in the poetry genre because some of the pieces rhymed and there was no other genre that I could put it in. And then once I, I self-published that book, some pieces went viral and two months later I had uh, my publisher, Andrews McNeil, writing to me asking to republish the book with them and that everything went from there. So my writing journey is unique because it's like I knew I always wanted to do this with my life, but the way it happened was I stumbled into it. But I know so much more now as I've gone along, which is why it's become important for me to offer those sentiments advice to other people who are looking to, to go down this road because I think it's hard to find answers still out there today about poetry and how you can be successful in poetry. And I think that's what makes my role special is to offer that guidance and, and offer that advice. So you've written Keeping Long Island to speak of your novel. Tell me about the complexities that you can explore in the novel space and what you enjoy about that in terms of the depth of character. Absolutely. And that's a great word, the depth that you can do in a novel. Poetry has immense depth as well, but it's different. And I think with poetry and novels and trying to connect them, it's storytelling at the end of the day. But when you write a poem, you really, I guess, trying to convey a story in a certain amount of words and, you know, convey a story in, in one poem, which is a different set of challenges compared to novels. And I mean, novels have their own challenge as well, but you know, writing novels and being able to have characters, you know, it might, might not have to be one character, it could be multiple characters that you're really trying to develop over time. And having readers, you know, you hear it all the time, readers will be reading a book and they're sad to finish it because they don't want to let the characters go. And I guess for me, that really marks, I guess, a, a good writer and a good story is when someone says, I don't want to say goodbye to these characters yet because I've loved reading about their journey. And that's the kind of work I want to get into and, and having characters where people can see themselves in because that crosses over in, in poetry, like with the jellyfish, and being able to really explore the journeys of the character and I guess tell the stories I want to tell and stories, LGBTQIA plus stories and things like that. That's something that is really important to me and, and something that I really want to do. Growing up, there was content out there, but there wasn't a lot of content. And as the world moves forward, more and more content is coming out where young kids in the, in the LGBT plus community relating to these characters and they see themselves in these characters. And that is so important for when you're growing up so that you don't feel alone and, and you look at people or, or characters that are, are successful and they're moving through life in a way that shows strength and they can draw on that strength from them. So that's really the path I want to head down okay. um, in novels is just being able to, to tell really good stories. What was in closing, as you think about, as you think about the future and education, the kind of world you like to live in, life lessons that were important to you, what would you like young people to know, preserve and remember? I really hope that kindness is preserved. And I know that might seem a little cheesy, but I really think manners and being polite can go a long way. And people are in such a rush these days and everybody wants to acquire so much and they forget to just be thankful for 
the little things in life and to slow down and how you move through the world and how selfless you are or holding open a door for someone or just telling someone to have a good day. Those are all things that can have a lasting effect on another person and make them want to be better as well. You know, and and the way, I guess the way the world is now, I think there's still a lot of beauty and goodness in the world, but I feel like there's a lot of greed and we really need to try and combat that greed because otherwise there, there won't be anything left here for future generations. And it's about preserving those manners and that kindness and that will to work together. I think the world can be quite divided and when you're divided, nothing really gets done. So that's a lot of what I try to talk about in my poetry as well is, is this togetherness and this unity. And I definitely think young people are at the forefront of that. I've seen how they respond to LGBTQ issues and how they respond to world issues. And there seems to be a lot more unity in young people and wanting to come together and and fight for their generation, which is a a really beautiful thing to see. And I I just hope that that continues on. Hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.